Hey, what's up, everybody? How we doing? Merry Christmas. It is going to be awesome. I decided this year has been so weird that why not wear an ugly Christmas sweater on the last Sunday of the year? So here I am. I got my unicorn Santa in space. Uh, and it's honestly, this is the most comfortable sweater I've ever put on in my life. Honestly, it's very, very comfortable. But um, we hope that you're doing well today. Uh, I know things are crazy as they've ever been, but we hope you're doing well. I wanted to just pause for a second before we get going. And um, this is a special moment, I think, for our church, for me and Stephanie personally. I'm actually, Stephanie, can you come up here? She's running the cameras today. The life of a church planner, you get so many hats on, it's not even funny. Did you get the camera shot before you left? It's on that one. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> but um, this is the last Sunday that we're recording in our studio. Um, we're literally moving out of here in faith. I'm going to tell you, we, we probably should leave our stuff in here, but we're moving out in faith because we're planting in person on January 17th, and I feel like we can't move on without thanking God for what he's done for us. Um, and this is a big moment. This space that we're in, that we've been in every week, was a miracle that God dropped into our laps. It's something that's been, we could easily afford it. And uh, it would be wrong of us to move on to the next chapter and not take a few moments just to thank God for everything he's done and what he's about to do. Because it's about to get crazy, folks, in a good way. And I'm so excited. So, God, we love you. It is amazing to be standing in a miracle. Uh, even when this year looked nothing like we dreamt of. Um, it didn't look like what we had planned. But, man, it's been awesome. And this space has been awesome. Even down to the the exposed brick in the background is Honestly, more than anything we could have ever imagined, and uh, that is who you are. Uh, God, thank you for this. Um, man, we are expectant for 2021. Uh, honestly, as bad as this year has been, it's honestly been filled with a lot of great things, and we're standing in one of those things. And the next time we meet, we'll be standing in another space that you've given us, God. We're thankful. We're thankful for what you're going to do, God. We're thankful for the, the lives you're going to change, for the addictions to be broken, for the marriages to be restored, for the physical healings that people are going to experience, God, because your spirit is going to be with us. It's with us right now. It's already in the future. God, would you bless what we're doing right now? Thank you for this space and how you've used it. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hmm. Love you. Do I got lipstick on my mouth? No. Okay, good. Don't want that. All right, so I couldn't go on without doing that. Uh, so this is week three of a series that we've called God With Us, and uh, we've talked about how God's with you in the wilderness, how he's with you in the storm, and today we're going to be talking about how God is with you always. God is with you always. And if we look at our faith, this is what separates um, our faith from every other faith is something called the incarnation. And you hear that word a lot around Christmas time. And, uh, and that's kind of a cornerstone for us because our God, it's, our, our faith is not about us getting to God. It's about God getting to us. And that happened through something that we call the incarnation. So I'm going to read this to you. I want you to pause what you're doing and just hear these words because as we 
finish out, honestly, this Christmas season, which this has been the most unchristmassy season I feel like we've ever had. But I just want to read this story to you because it's powerful. So this is in Matthew chapter 1. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to the prophet, and the prophet said, look, the virgin will conceive of a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so if we're going to look at what the incarnation is, we have to define what it is, right? And so I went to Wikipedia, and I looked up, and this is what the definition of incarnation is in Wikipedia. It says, uh, Wiki defines incarnation this way. In Christian theology, the doctrine of incarnation holds that Jesus, the pre-existent divine logos word, uh, and his second hypostasis of the Trinity, God, uh, God the Son, God the uh, Father, and God the Holy Spirit, is, uh, took on a human nature, was made flesh, conceived in the womb of Mary, the God-bearer. Uh, the doctrine of the incarnation then entails that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully human. His two natures joined in hypostatic union. So now that we've got that out of the way, we're gonna, I'm just joking. Listen, uh, that's really complicated, okay? I don't, I, listen, I've studied this stuff for a long, long time, and I don't even know what that means, all right? So don't feel dumb if you didn't know what that means. Here's what incarnation means. Incarnation means that God became flesh, okay? Jesus was the incarnation of God. It was God with skin on, God with a heartbeat. But he was. He was fully God, and he was fully man. And that's what it means. Jesus became one of us. That's what incarnation means. He left heaven and he became one of us. It says this in John 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He was with us, right? He became us and he lived with us, all right? And so Emmanuel, it means God with us. It, it encapsulates what the incarnation is all about. But in order for Jesus to be with us, it was going to cost him something. You know, many of you, uh, this year is, looks a lot different for Christmas. Maybe your Christmas plans have changed. But most of us, we've gone out of town to visit family or friends before. And you know, there's a literal cost to doing that. Like when you want to spend time with someone that you love, if you want to make date night a priority, if you want to make seeing loved ones during the holidays or going on trips to go visit family in other states, like it's going to cost you something. You got to buy plane tickets. 
you got to buy luggage because you realize your, your luggage wheel broke and you need another one, right? Like you need to f- f- uh, fuel up the car and drive across the country. It's going to take you a couple days. You have to sometimes, in the worst circumstances, take a car trip with small children, okay? It's going to cost you your sanity sometimes. Being with people that you love will always cost you something. You have to make the time. You have to invest it. You have to invest your money into it. Uh, a lot of you right now might be quarantining at your house so that you can go visit family this week uh, coming up with Christmas. It's costing you something. You know, and the best relationships are relationships where it costs you something, right? But being with loved ones, it always costs you something. And I can imagine the conversation that God had with Jesus before he sent him down to earth. I can imagine them being in heaven and, and this message is going to be that conversation, all right? We're going, to say, we're going to pretend like we were there when God was talking to Jesus for the first time about what Jesus, what it would cost him to be with us because it cost Jesus everything. And, I can, and listen, I'm going to embellish a couple of things, but most of this is true, it's accurate. All right? I can imagine Jesus or God looking at Jesus and saying, your mission should you choose to accept it, right? Those are my favorite action movies. I love Mission Impossible. My wife, Stephanie's giggling over there. She knows. I was sitting on a Saturday. I'm like, I'm going to watch Mission Impossible 4 again. But he's, he's looking at Jesus. Your mission, should you choose to accept it? Listen, Jesus, I know it's really cool up here. I know that heaven's pretty awesome. I mean, heck, the streets are paved with gold, right? I mean, we have the gates out front. They're made of pearls. I mean, that's pretty awesome, right? And everybody up here is perfect. Like, why would you want to leave this, right? But God's looking at Jesus. He's going, hey, I'm going to need you to leave this. You're a pretty big deal up here. But I'm going to need you to leave this, and I need you to go down. And I can imagine Jesus going, okay. I think I could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God's looking at Jesus and he's going, hey, listen, though, you're going to feel pain. Like now if you fall down on the streets of gold and you scrape your knee, like it doesn't hurt. But if you do that down there, it's going to hurt. You're going to feel pain. You know, you're going to cry. You're going to get sad. You might get upset or frustrated. You might feel anger. Like, it's going to cost you something, right? You're going to stub your toe, and you're going to want to say my name really loud, and you just can't, okay? Like, you, you, you need to understand, you're going to experience some things. And you know what? We've, we've actually selected a woman to be your mom. Her name's Mary. She's great. Like, uh, she's pure. Uh, she doesn't fool around with her, with her fiance, you know, and, and he's, a pretty guy too. he's a pretty good guy too. But, you know, uh, the mom's going to get a lot more airtime in the Bible. And so uh, she's super cool. Her name's Mary, okay? Mary, uh, she loves me. Uh, but one thing you got to know is uh, you're actually going to have to spend nine months in her womb. And you're actually going to be born as a as a baby, okay? So you're not going to be like a grown man uh, when you get down there. Like, But she's really nice. She's super sweet. Uh, she's not like the other. She doesn't play spin the bottle. Like she's not that type of person, right? Like she's super great. You're going to love her. She's going to be great. But you are going to have to be a baby. Okay? I just want to let you know you're going to have to be um, a, a baby. And Jesus is probably like, you know, 
could we do like the stork method here? Like, are you sure that I'm going to have to be born like a normal person? And God's like, no, you have to be born like a normal person because you're going to be fully God and you're going to be fully man. All right. So um, and, and I know that you might think that this is going to be a big deal down there and uh, you're probably going to get married in a big palace or some sort of temple. But I should tell you that, you know, hey, you're actually going to get born uh, into like a cave. Okay, Jesus is probably like, okay, I can dig. I like camping. I'm cool with that, right? And he's like, well, uh, it's, God's like, it's not like any other cave. Like, there's going to be animals around, and it's going to smell bad, and uh, no one else is really going to want you around, and so you're going to have to be born in this nasty little cave. And they're actually, they don't have a bed. Even though Joseph, he's a great carpenter. He could probably build an awesome bed. The only thing they're going to have is a little feeding trough for the animals. That's what you're going to be laid in. And, uh, and I just feel like I, I need you to know that. And Jesus is like, okay, I get it. So I'm not coming for just like rich people, right? Like I'm coming for the common person. And, and God's like, exactly. That's what we, we want to show people. You're fully God. You're fully man. And, and you're not only for the, the rich and famous and the powerful, but you're for the common, common person. But things that they're, God's just telling Jesus, things are going to get complicated, like really fast in your life. Before you even take your first steps, the king is going to get word of a new king that's been born. He's going to hate you. He's going to order his soldiers to kill every boy in the kingdom that's three and under. And so your family is going to have to leave immediately and go to Egypt, and, and stay there until all this has died down. And I can picture Jesus taking his notepad out and going, note, get fast donkey, right? Like, I got or a camel, or something, right? Uh, but you will be very powerful, okay? You're going to be like 11 from Stranger Things, okay? But use your power wisely, Okay? When you're a kid and it's time for you to take a bath, you'll have the power to part the waters and sit on dry tub. Just take the bath, okay? Just take the bath. And, and when your mom gives you broccoli, you're going to have the power to turn that into a, a chocolate cake. Listen, just eat the broccoli. And when kids make fun of you at school, you can wipe them out with a dirty look. Don't do it. Choose to love them anyway. Uh, and actually, you won't do any miracles until you're much, much older. And your first miracle, you're going to turn water into wine. And listen, we're doing this because it'll cause the Baptists to argue for years, okay? Was it alcoholic? Was it not? We're just messing with them, okay? So that's going to be your first miracle. But you won't stop there. You're going to open blind eyes. You're going to heal deaf ears. You're going to raise people from the dead. But the people you came down for are still going to hate you. They're not going to love you. They're going to hate you. Even though you're doing all these good things, they're going to call you a hypocrite. They're going to call you a lunatic. They're going to call you a drunkard. They're going to call you dangerous. They're going to say that you're my enemy. But no matter what, no matter what they say, no matter what they try to do to you, just show love. I want you to touch lepers. 
I want you to be around people that no one else wants to be around. I want you to befriend prostitutes. Only befriend prostitutes. I want you to touch lepers. I want you to befriend prostitutes. I want you to love all of those other people that the religious people reject. No matter how much they hate you, you always just show love. But the more you love, the more they will hate you. But don't stop. I can imagine God telling Jesus, like, listen, I'm trying to tell you, but you can't stop loving them. Love is not something that we do. It's who we are, son. It's who we are. We are love. We have to always love. We can't stop loving. But you're going to have a group of 12 men that everyone else has rejected, but they're going to be your dudes. And they're going to be called the disciples. And uh, love them. I know that Peter, he's going to be stupid. All right? He's going to say some stuff he shouldn't say. He's going to try to kill a man. But love him anyway. Because him and another guy, they're going to betray you. They're going to sell you out. They're going to be the reason you die. And they're going to turn your back on you, but you love them anyway. And then, son, you're going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And you're going to know what's ahead of you. You're going to know what's right around the corner. You're going to beg me to take this away to find another way and there's not going to be another way so I need you to understand that Jesus there's not going to be another way and you're, it's going to cause you so much anguish that you're literally going to sweat drops of blood but you have to press on you have don't quit you can't quit in this moment it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done and Jesus I need you to look at me. The cross is going to be worse than anything you could ever imagine. They're going to take a whip and they're going to beat you until you don't even look like a human. They're going to take a crown of thorns. They're going to shove it on your head. Then they're going to put a robe around you until your blood dries all over it. And they're going to rip it off of you again. People are going to spit in your face. They're going to rip out your beard. It's going to be worse than anything you can imagine. But through all of that, Jesus, I need you to understand, as hard as it is, I will be with you until one moment. Through all of your life, through all the hate, through all the torment you're going through, I will be with you until you become sin. You see, son, I can't look at sin. It's not in my nature. I can't. And you will hurt. You'll cry out. But I can't answer you. Then you'll die. But you won't stay dead forever. Because a few days later, some of your friends, they're going to come visit you while you're in this tomb. 
and they're going to see that the stone that was once in front of your tomb isn't where it's supposed to be, and neither will you. Because you will come back to life. And everything in that moment will be different. That is why you're coming. You're going to endure all this hard stuff. You're going to endure all this pain. You're going to endure loneliness that no other man or human being could ever understand. But it'll all be different a few days later. And I'd imagine the Holy Spirit's probably listening to all this. And he's like, okay, hey guys, hey. You know, I'm still here. What about me? You know, and, uh, and uh, he's, he says, hey, when do I get to go, right? Like, Jesus is getting all this air time. When do I get to go? And Jesus said, oh, you, God, you need to tell them about the Holy Spirit. Like, I got to tell them about the Holy Spirit. And God goes, absolutely. You're going to tell them about the Holy Spirit. You're going to say this. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father. And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. And Jesus is like, God, can I remind them again, like before I leave? Like, this is awesome. They got to know that even when I leave, that we're still there, right? And God says, of course. And this is the last thing that Jesus ever says to his disciples. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always even till the end of the age. Jesus, I need you to listen to me. Never leave them. Never forsake them. You need to remind them that we will always be with them. So your mission, son, is you will bring them life and life to the full. But none of that happens if you don't go, if you're not born as a little baby, if you don't go through those things. And I can imagine going, God going, so tell me, Jesus, why are you going? And Jesus saying, listen, I'm not going for the righteous. I'm going for the sinner. I'm not going for the healthy. I'm going for the sick. And God's going, okay, why are you going? And Jesus says, they're lost. And I'm the shepherd and I'm going to lay my life down for them. I can't, listen, if I can't shout it from heaven, I'm going to go down and I'm going to show them. And so God sent Jesus and Jesus agreed to be born of a virgin so that he could always be with you right now where you're watching this. He's always with you. He's endured everything that you've ever endured and more. We, we don't have a high priest that can't relate with us. He's gone through everything and he is always with you. He's with you. He paid the price to be with you. It cost him everything so he could be with you right now in every situation. In 2020, he's going to be with you in 2021. He's always with you. He earned it. He, he paid for it. And he is always going to, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's always, always with you because he loves you. 
Jesus knew what he was getting himself into when he was born of a virgin, born of Mary. He knew that it would one day, he would end up on a cross. He knew that he would have to die to pay for your sins and he still chose it. And he did it so that we could be with him and he could be with us. And listen, this isn't a promise for you to just get to heaven one day. He not only paved a way for us to go to heaven, but he made a way to be with you now. He wants to be with you now. So no matter what you're going through, he's with you. And it says this at the end of that passage in Matthew. When that conversation was over, this happened. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all of that occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. God's never going to leave you. He's always been with his people. And maybe you're watching this somehow today and you don't feel like God might be with you. And maybe you haven't made the decision in your life to follow Jesus. But because of what Jesus did on the cross for you, you can accept the gift of eternal life, abundant life, and the presence of God in your life right now. You don't have to wait right now. So if you want to pray this prayer and invite Jesus into your life today, I want to invite you to do that. Just say, dear God, I need you. I'm a sinner. I've messed up. But you died on the cross and rose from the dead to pay for those sins. And I accept that today. I give my life to you. And in the best way I know how, I will follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, what a better, there's not a better way to celebrate Christmas. This is the greatest gift you've ever received. I love Christmas because it reminds us of this. But listen, this doesn't stop on December 26th. We still get to celebrate this every day of our lives. We're so proud of you for making that decision. If you did, you can text Oasis TN to 94000. Fill out the form there that says, I want to follow Jesus. We would love to connect with you and help you in your journey. Uh, man, it would, it would be our pleasure. All right, we love you so much. I'm so glad you made that decision. Uh, one thing, this is our last service for three weeks. All right, so the 27th, January 3rd, January 10th, we are not having service because we moving out of this place and we're moving into the new place, okay? But on January 17th, listen to me, look at me. You need to be there. It is, there's something about being in the room. You gotta be there. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna keep things safe, distanced, sanitized, all that stuff. But we need you. And you know what? Your neighbor needs to be there. Your friends need to be there because they need the gospel. They need Jesus. They need a life. They need to, to, to be filled with life, all right? So we're gonna bring that environment to your friends, your family, to you. We hope that we can see you there, but man, I'm just going to take it in one more time. Last time I'm doing this in a room that nobody's in to a camera. And I've loved every second of it. But man, I can't wait for the 17th. It's going to be so awesome. We love you. We'll see you in person. Oh my gosh, we're going to see you in person on January 17th. And y'all have a great Christmas, a great New Year's. We'll see you in a few weeks.